This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club Jack Alexander Shepard, my dear friend, I haven't spoken to you in so long. I've been away. It's been a while. You were in Berlin, Germany. I was in Berlin, Germany, the birthplace of Babysitter's Club, where we recorded Babysitter's Club number five, Dawn and the Terrible Impossible Three. Uh, Universally agreed upon as the best ever Babysitter's Club episode, because apparently we peaked early. And we're never going to hit that high again. I was there. We didn't record. We didn't try to bottle that lightning once again. I didn't want to pack a mic to bring all the way to Germany. And you didn't come with me on this trip. No, true, true. So I haven't seen you in two weeks. Yeah. Now it's it's not to to take off the my pants, pants and, underwear. and underwear and expose myself, but I it is the night before Thanksgiving, and I am holed up in a in a small spare bedroom mm-hmm. at my wife's parents' house in beautiful York, not to triangulate. Oh wow, that is triangulating. We'll bleep this out. I'm deep in the woods of. Ta- Okay, uh, and I'm I'm coming to you live from just outside of. Okay, you seem to be in your same home mm-hmm. that you're always in. Yep, you seem in Austin, Texas, sprightly. Yep, fresh. I'm jet lagged. I got into. I, I want to know why I'm so sprightly and fresh, Tanner. Yeah, tell me, showing you right now. This is uh, a little concoction that I call Daddy's Little Helper. Okay, it looked like a margarita. Uh, I'll tell you what it is. But don't tell anybody, because it's my special recipe. It's one part fresh-squeezed lime juice, Mm -hmm. one part Cointreau, and one part Reposado tequila. So it's a margarita. Yeah, it's a margarita. But I call it Daddy's Little Helper. (laughs) I have said this before, and I will say it again. When you become a father, referring to yourself as Daddy loses literally all of its punch. It's just not the fucking same anymore. It's also been co-opted by the fetish community. It's been co-opted by the da- like the father community. Like I can't. I said to Sarah today, like Daddy's gonna fix himself up a little margarita, and she didn't cringe as she used to. She was like, "All right, yeah. well, m- mommy's looking after our child that we made." Right? Maybe mommy she didn't, could use a margarita too. Mommy could use a margarita. <laughs> Did you offer her one? <laughs> no, she's got a breastfeed. Uh, um, this daddy is drinking yeah. uh, Shock Talk Belgian White <laughs> because um, five years ago, my wife's mom asked me what kind of beer I like, and I shrugged and said, I don't know, Shock Talk. Oh, no. Yeah. And now every time I come, she gets me this, which is fine. It's not bad. Oh, that's grim. What else were you into five years ago that she... I'll tell you, because I have another one right here. Newcastle Brown Ale. (laughs) (laughs) The fridge is always fully stocked when I come up, Uh, which I appreciate. Yeah, that's really sweet. I'm also, besides being uh, incredibly jet-lagged and pretty loopy, I um, had to wait for you because you're always late to everything. And we were supposed to start recording an hour ago. And I drank several beers while watching Babe, the movie Babe, on demand. Good one. Pig in the City. Uh, that's the second one. You know there's a prequel to that? It's called just Babe. Yeah, there's a prequel. A lot of people don't know this. There is a prequel to Babe, Pig in the City that is called yeah. Babe. 
And it's like about like the pig when he's like just on a farm. Yeah, I was watching that and I got a little <laughs> I got a little toasty to be honest. Um yeah. so I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I'm feeling energized. I'm feeling well, ready to talk about this. But I also have to get up in the morning and run a five mile turkey trot. Oh, that's awesome. Well yeah. you know what daddy's working on? It's very uh, cold here. Daddy over here, it's very warm here, it's beautiful. Daddy is working on no sleep for five weeks and two of Daddy's little helpers. So this is gonna be uh Quite an episode. Also, there's an automatic light behind me. I don't know if you've noticed that, but it keeps yeah, turning. It's not it. a ghost. It's fine. It's not a ghost. All right. Well, if it is a ghost, give me like a visual signal that a ghost wouldn't recognize. Jack, it's not a ghost. Why are you raising your eyebrows and like making your eyes all big? It's not a ghost. If you have, if there's something wrong, say something. Maybe we should talk about the... Should we talk about the novel? Let's talk about this novel we both read. Let's talk about this novel. Read our love. Hi, hi. Hi, Jack. And welcome, welcome to, the to the Babysitter's, Babysitter's Club. 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 A podcast in which my colleague Tanner Greenring and I, Jack Shepard, talk about the classic... And I'm Tanner Greenring. We didn't need that. Well, I want to do my intro. Well, I just you can, do, maybe I'll do... You. Do, here's an idea. You do both of us. I'm kind of in the middle of a sentence. And then I'll do both of us. I'm kind of in the middle so of a sentence. So you say my colleague Tanner Greenring and I, Jack Shepard, and then fine. I'll take it from there. Do you really think we need to do it twice? Yeah. Okay, we do the fine. recaps twice. A podcast in which my colleague and co-host and America's second favorite babysitter's club critic and expert and scholar... Tanner Daniel Greenring, and I, America's most favorite Babysitter's Club expert, scholar, and the other thing I said, Jack Alexander Shepard. And of course, my esteemed colleague, America's <laughs> second favorite Babysitter's Club expert and critic, Jack Shepard, and I'm Tanner Greenring. <laughs> I don't think that's going to scan as a sentence now. No, so you did your two things and I do my two. A podcast in which the two of us talk about the classic novels of The Princess of the Prince of Towns, St. Annabelle Matthews Martin, Stormborn, Soul Skinner, Mother of Clocks, and Bane to Bats, first of her name, last of her kind, last hope for humankind. Tanner, you know this. And I'm Tanner Greenring. The Baby Nation knows this. New Baby Bees don't know this. So let's, uh, let's get through it. We talk about her novels. Specifically, her great sitter's cycle. It's a cycle of, I think, about 130 books, not including spinoffs, that talk about the adventures of the seven babysitters and their attempts to save the mythical town of Stony Brook from the warring factions of ghosts, dolls, witches, dinosaurs, soldiers with magnificent weapons. Uh, and other such enemies. What are you doing? Enemies? You setting the table? What are you doing? I'm just, I don't know. I'm just, I had a couple daddy's little helpers. This week we read a book, and boy was it a good one, called It was Stacey. a fine book, but it wasn't about the Babysitter's Club. It was about someone called Stakey. <laughs> and some bad girls she meets. <laughs> uh, we, read, we read a book that I think is, it's in the universe. 
of the Babysitter's Club because you see some mentions yeah, about yeah, yeah. someone called Stacy or Stacy. The book was called Stacy and the Bad Girls. Oh, you would pronounce that Stacy. I would say Stacy because um, the E after the C kind of softens Steak, that C. Stacy or Stacy. Anyway, it was about someone called Stacy McGill. Yeah, uh, Stacy McGill. Is that? Yeah, it's close enough. I'm having it's it's not a familiar name to me, so I'm having trouble. <laughs> well, pronounce it like you see it, Stacy, and her six best friends. Robert Brewster, Andy Gentile, Sheila McGregor. Yeah, Brewdog. (laughs) Sheila McGregor, Heather Epstein, Mia Pappas, and Jacqui Grant. Um, And Robert has a cool nickname. It's not Brewdog, it's Brewdoggy. (laughs) Brewdoggy. And you know who gives him that nickname? Is it Lou? The Buke Man. (laughs) (laughs) The Buke Man. Uh, What a good, what a fucking good book this was the brew doggy a very very good book it's a weird departure from our normal babysitters club books it's just sort of a book about some girl who lives in stony brook who like kind of knows the babysitters maybe guess who's back back again stacy's back tell a friend um jack yeah May I say, mm-hmm. love this book. Oh, I loved this book. I was nipple deep mm-hmm. in a sweet sea of Pete this week. I was nipple deep in a sweet sea of sweet, sweet Pete this week. Um, I didn't. I was. I was dreading this book. I'm gonna have to read a Stacy book. Are you kidding me? And <sighs> that's why she puts she, her best and brightest she put on her the fucking best cake. man on it. Nation, oh. this book was written by the great sweet Peter Larangis. Was ghost written by the great sweet Peter Larangis, and boy, did he yeah. do a good job with this he fantastic, meaty. I've never novel. read a more engaging steaky book ever. Oh, truly, truly fantastic. Should we just, you know, really quickly, yeah, just dip in, like into the sea? This <gasps> Larangis moment. So different and so strange was like any other Until I turned the page and then it happened It took me by surprise but I knew exactly when The text felt like a prize sweeter than wine Clearer than purple or blight Everything I wanna have When I read your prose at night This Laurentius moment Good clean babysitting fun Will last forever Forever cause Pete's number That music, that mm-hmm. intro to mm-hmm. Larangis Moment, which is a segment we have on the show where we both discuss the moment in the book where we realize that this book was written by none other than ghostwriter Sweet Pete Larangis. Mm-hmm. That intro was from Baby B. Jordan, who mm-hmm. sang it, took it upon herself to sing it for us and sent it to us, Jack and Tanner at babysittersclubclub.com. We don't ever want to repeat 
a sweet Pete Larangos moment theme tune. So, Baby Nation, keep them coming. So it sounds like what you're asking me, Tanner, is what was the moment during this excellent novel where I knew that it could only have been written or ghostwritten by the great sweet Peter Larangis? What was the moment you realized you were nipple deep in a sweet sea of Pete? I guess I'll read you the passage... I opened my closet door and looked at all my options. Jeans worn yesterday with a You For Me t-shirt. You For Me is my current fave rock group. Flowered mini dress the day before. Black striped baggy shorts the day before that with an oversized white sweatshirt. I rummaged through a pile of t-shirts and some of last year's outfits. I tried on a pair of cream-colored drawstring pants, but they were so worn the cream was beginning to yellow. Finally, I settled on a midnight blue and white striped hooded sweatshirt with a laced placket? P-L-A-C-K-E-T. Placket? Placket. I think it's like some future shit. Like these Stacy books often have this like dystopian, Placket. like sci-fi, uh, William Gibson-esque. It sounds military. Speaking of William Gibson, it sounds it sounds like a military garb. Yeah, it's a placket. placket. A placket. Crisp, Put on your placket. Cr- crisp plackets. Yeah, get your placket on. Uh, it sounds like it's it, maybe it's a portmanteau of... Something with jacket. Oh, um, playful jacket. A playful jacket. Of course, that's yeah. what it is. Okay, a placket. That sounds good. A laced placket. Yeah, it's um, like a jacket, but it's like a little, a little fun, you know? A yeah, playful. Um, so a playful jacket. That sounds fucking great, and I want one of those. And the holiday season is right around the corner, Tanner. So if you'd like to get me a a laced placket, this daddy would appreciate that. With a laced. Indeed. Placket and matching spandex leggings. I looked in the mirror. I immediately wished I hadn't. My hair looked like a blonde bird's nest, and I could go shopping with the bags under my eyes. What a turn of phrase that is. Shopping with the bags under my eyes. If that doesn't tip you off, the next thing will. But my outfit was fine. Do I sound too clothes conscious to you? My mom thinks so. She has started calling my dressing ritual SDT. Stacy's Daily Trauma. And that SDT comes up throughout the book. I've started using it in my daily life. I recommend you do as well. It's a very useful way of categorizing you, the little moment during your day when something goes something goes wrong, you start to lose it. That's fine. I'm an optimist. I don't like to uh, mark my day by the bad part of my day. Uh, my that? SDT today was... Oh... Uh, my child shat all over himself again. Oh gosh! Yeah, you haven't trained. You haven't trained that out of him. No, it's huh? still the thing that he does all the time, every day. Well, keep it up. I yeah. my my dog did that for a long time, and eventually we just kind of like got him to stop doing it. Um, but it's it, think about like think about what Pete did this week. He just like in setting the scene, introducing us to this stakey character. He just throws as an aside. A piece of terminology that's so powerful and so useful that all of us can use in our daily lives. The S D T. There was a troubling number of acronyms this week. Yeah, there's a lot. There are a lot of acronyms. I don't know why Stacy was doing like Stacy is like reverted to this like sub language this week. Where she was doing all acronyms. She was like N N M S, not my style. Yeah. That's come up before. She and and she had a bunch of different acronyms for the BSC that she did. Um, when right. she was describing it, uh, being so creative, she calls it, bring some children, 
Butter, salt, and candy is the description of their meetings. Uh, building self-confidence. Um, I don't know. Oh, and then later, f- fucking brilliant Sweet Pete to underline the fact that they're no longer speaking. Better stay clear. Um, what was your Sweet sweet Pete, Sweet Seed, Sweet, Sweet Lorange's You want to know Yeah. at what point I realized I was nipple deep in a Sweet CP? Yeah, because I want to get to the description of this novel for the baby nation. For the baby nation. I'll tell you, man. I'll tell you. Good. I'd like for you, for you to tell me now. I'll tell you. I'd love for you to tell me right now in this very moment. Hello? It was Marianne. She sounded frantic. Even so, my throat parched up at the sound of her voice. We hadn't spoken a word in so long. Hello? Who is this? Amy? Is this you? That was Dawn on the other extension. What were they doing at home? How had Amy come here? It's Stacy. Um, Amy is here at the Bel Air's Kids Center. She's fine. How did she get there? Dawn demanded. I have no idea. She asked about a train to London or something? Oh my lord, Marianne whispered. Keep her there, Stacy, Don said. We're on our way. Click. That was creepy. Did you see that? What? When I said click, the ghost turned the light in the closet on behind me. Oh, that's fucking the terrifying. exact second. Are you Here's okay? Do you, need, do you need to get out? It's not worth Here's it. We can moment. do a different... We can record on a different night. Butterflies came to life in my stomach. They crashed around as if they had metal-tipped wings. God, it's like a it's like a Smashing Pumpkins song. Wait, when did this book come out? Is this uh, <laughs> uh Are you worried? I'm worried that this is uh What's I be freely. I be freely. Um that, that's our segment where we talk about intellectual property, Baby Nation. It's called IP Freely. Uh, that's unfortunate. There's nothing I can do about it. That's what's happened. It's because IP stands for intellectual property. It sounds like either Billy Corgan and the Smashing Pumpkins stole their idea for the song Bullet with Butterfly Wings oh my from God. this oh my novel. God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Or vice versa. This, this novel came out July 1995. Yeah. October 23rd, 1995. Uh-huh. Melancholy in the Infinite Sadness. Wow. By the Smashing Pumpkins was was released. Just a few months after this novel. Just a few months afterwards. Oh, Billy. Featuring the, the album's lead single, Bullet with Butterfly Wings. Oh, well. Written, penned by Sweet Pete Larangis with no oh. credit. The world is a vampire, huh, wow. Billy Corgan? Set to drain, Billy Corgan. Wow. Tonight, tonight. Woo. Man, good album. Love that album when I was in like sixth grade. Yeah, I do a good Billy Corgan impression. Uh, hey, you know what? Oh, oh, no, no, no. Stop. I would love to hear it. And so would Baby Nation. Okay. Yeah. Ready? Tell us. Can you like dim the house lights? Ghost, will you turn off the closet light behind me? Disarm me with a smile. Got you like you want me to. Actually, it wasn't bad. <laughs> I was going to make fun of you at first, but that was actually pretty good. <laughs> um, hey, how about we describe this book? <laughs> okay. Uh, despite all my rage. Yeah. Uh, we're we're both rats in cages book, yeah. here. I'm going to describe this book, and then I'm going to have you describe this book. I'm going to skip the explanations, uh, Baby Nation, because we're, we're deep into this. We're nipple deep. We describe the books. We describe. We both do. Baby Nation, we describe the books. You know, every week. That's all you need to know. We describe the fucking books. We open the gate. We invite you in. Do you need to know what's going to happen every second, or why not just live in the moment and let it happen to you? Let it wash over you. I'm going to describe the book. 
I was How do you say book in Latin? Um, libra. God, Liber. Fucking nerd, nerd check. Libra. Well, well, fuck you. You asked. Carpe Libra. Libra. Hang on. It's probably third declension. So uh, Rex, Rex, Regem, Regis, Regi, Regay. Um, it would probably be Librem. I have... Oh, fuck. Now, it's, uh, you hear it. Uh... <gasps> All around me are familiar faces. Jack Googles. Jack Googles. Obscure Latin phrases. Cause he's a nerd, nerd check. That's good. Uh, it's Liberum. Carpe Liberum, baby nation. Um, Remember how we said we were not going to explain this segment? Yeah, now Here we're, we do- are. we're doing Latin. Seize the book, baby nation, Carpe Liberum. Now I am going to describe the book. I'm going to begin now. He's not beginning. He's turned away from his mic, and he's making weird face sounds. Tezande reference. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> People seem to roll with Don Sif the other <laughs> the other week. So let's just let's just go with it. People uh, love old memes. <laughs> I'm going to begin now. Stacy McGill hasn't seen her friends since the Great Divide, but she's moved on as everyone had to. Lately, she's been knocking around with a bunch of crime girls. McGregor, Epstein, Pappas, and Grant. All of them interesting in their own way, but dangerous, erratic, prone to impulsive acts of delinquency, and certainly not to be trusted. Not like sweet Mary Ann, who cried when someone else was hurting. Or Christy, who always seemed to know what to do in a crisis. Not like Claudia, who would have followed Stacy to the ends of the earth. But the Great Divide changed all that. And that's not the only thing it changed. Because Stacy is changing as well, becoming harder, more cunning, slower to trust, quicker to judge. Losing the softness and the light, that sense of hope that we all had before the Great Divide turned the world harsh and gray. That feeling that somehow, against all odds, everything was going to be alright in the end. If only there were some way she could put things back the way they used to be. Stacy and the Bad Girls. We're back. Jackie's back. Uh, I did my description, Tanner. Do you want to do yours? So take a look at me now There's just an empty space And there's nothing left in you to remind me Just Cut a me memory like you of your face Cut that little child uh, no, you were. I have an excuse. I am very jet lagged. <laughs> all right, well, stop it. Let's. Um... You said against all odds, the hit Phil Collins song. <laughs> Good. Let's not. Let's not do that. Let's. I do... wish I could make no, you no, turn around. I don't want to sing. I don't want to sing. Turn around and see me cry. Tanner, this book is a fucking. There's so much I need to say to you. Tanner, this book is a masterpiece. No one wants to hear you sing. They want Many to hear you describe this novel. Listen to me. 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 
Listen to me. Nobody wants to hear you sing. They want to hear you describe this novel. It's a fucking masterpiece. We must do justice to this novel. We must do justice to this text. It's a lot of people's favorite Babysitter's Club book. It's incredible. There are bad girls. Stacy drinks. She doesn't drink. She brings alcohol in her bag. The girls drink. They smoke at the concert. Stacy doesn't drink. She's a diabetic. She can't drink, idiot. All right. Why don't you just think? <laughs> Use your head, why dummy. You, why don't you tell the baby nation? Don't tell me. Um, baby nation, Stacy doesn't drink. She's a diabetic. Use your damn heads, you idiots. Okay, good. Now tell them in the form of 60 seconds during which you describe also everything else that happens in this book. Tanner, I'm going to begin right now. Okay, uh, this week, some someone called Stakey is here. She's a new girl in baby club nation. Uh, she is a young woman it's the summer there's no school she doesn't know what to do with herself she gets a job at uh beller's department store where her mom works in the youth care center the daycare center uh she meets a bunch of new girls via her boyfriend brew doggy who uh are kind of mean they're kind of mean girls and they decide to go see a you for me show which is like a pop group from the 1995 and they are mean to her and they manipulate her and they shoplift from Belair's department store and sh- they use her as a patsy and then they sneak booze into the show into the ub40 show and then uh they get drunk and stacy gets in trouble for it and she breaks up with them as friends and then she rejoins the babysitter's club and time Woo! Don't celebrate. You did a pretty bad job, but you got all the facts out. I did a really good job. I accidentally it. called you for me, you before you. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> but otherwise, fine. Yeah. Red, yeah. red wine. No, singing. No, more singing. Stay Wait. close to <laughs> no, me. No, no more singing. Oh, but it is actually, it's accurate because that's what they sneak in. For some reason, I don't know how they got it because when I used to sneak fucking booze into things when i was 13 i I certainly didn't bring like a flask of wine that's classy as hell (laughs) it was very classy i when i was stacy's age uh the thing that i thought was the right thing to do was just because my mom would often drink gin and tonics i thought so i was like okay that's the thing and so i would pour uh her gin into like a flask and take it over to my friend's house and we would all do shots of gin until we vomited (laughs) (laughs) so british (laughs) so awful (laughs) the thing i would do when i was 13 is um one time i was walking down the street with a friend of mine and we found a full pack of cigarettes and i insisted on immediately throwing it away oh you fucking loser You know what? I, God, if I could I have, have met a, you I in that moment when alcohol. I was thirteen, if I had found a full pack of cigarettes, I would have like it would have. Oh, the guy I was with life. was like the guy I was with was like this is the coolest thing that's ever happened to us. And I was like, absolutely <sighs> not, uh, well, sir, uh, sir. Uh, we have to throw this away before the for, before the authorities arrive. Am I being detained? <laughs> Am I being detained? <laughs> Am I free to go? Uh, uh, that's a true story that happened to me. When I was probably about 13. I was with a bad boy. I was with a bad boy called Neil 
something. God, I can't remember his last name now. God, how much cooler He was a this... bad boy. How much would... And he was a bad influence on me, and he did drugs and alcohol when we were 13, and I didn't let him sway me. And we found a pack of cigarettes, and I threw it away. I threw it in the garbage. And I said, no. And then he tried to initiate me to a gang, but we were living in Fort Collins, Colorado, <laughs> and there were, there were not gangs in Fort Collins, Colorado, so I don't know what his end game was how much cooler would this podcast be if it was me jack shepherd and yeah. bad boy neil probably pretty cool crime boys don't you think it's weird that crime our boys lives starring jack and neil essentially flipped upside down you used to be such a cool bad tough boy and now you're such a boring adult and i used to be such a nerdy boring kid and now i'm such a cool rad adult just kind of slightly disagree with that let's <laughs> Let's talk about you brought up a couple of interesting things. See up here? He's See pointing here? to his head. He's pointing to his head. You know where I am up here? Germany. 2:48 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> what would Neil do, man? Do you think Neil would complain about jet lag? He'd like fucking Neil's probably dead. Neil probably <laughs> oversmoked, uh, overdosed on like crystal meth when we were like 19. Uh, well, RIP Neil. Listen, R.I.P. Neil. We got to talk about a couple of things uh, that came up in your lackluster and bad description of this. It was fucking... a good description. I got the book out. Okay, fine. Your good description that got the book out of this book. Um, first of all is Stacy McGill crime beard. Yeah, she's a patsy. <laughs> she's... I think there's a word for that. It's patsy. I think crime beard is the thing. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but... Could... Society has established that there is already a phrase for that, and it's Patsy. But well, if you they, want to do crime beard, that's they fine. fucked up because it's crime beard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stacy McGill is a a crime beard. Yeah. She's like the she's the su- the sweet girl that these bad girls take advantage of. Yeah, I'll give you the brief passage where it all becomes clear that Stacy does not, in fact, have a bunch of new friends who are better and more fun than the Babysitters Club. Uh, and in fact, has a bunch of people who want to use her as a crime beard. It's after they have been arrested for bringing wine into the You For Me concert. And after they have all basically used Stacy's new job at Bel Air's to steal shit from Bel Air's. So why didn't they tell you in advance and give you the choice to go with someone else? It's not only that they're inconsiderate, says Stacy's mom. They needed you to go with them. Think about it, Stacy. Look at you. You dress nicely. You look clean cut and friendly. If I were going to a concert to drink, you'd be the perfect person to take with me past security. Those ticket takers wouldn't give you a second look. Whoa, that struck home. I thought about all those afternoons in Bel Airs, those afternoons when I'd chat with store personnel and my friends would circulate through the store and leave with scarves and paperbacks and who knew what else. You're a patsy, Stacy. You're a patsy. Do we want to try to get to the bottom of who you for me is? Yeah, I th- so that's it. I'm glad you asked that because that's the second thing I want to talk about related to the, just just to the plot details of this novel. You for me. Let's let's describe them. Okay. Cuz because they they are a boy band, mm-hmm. teen heartthrob boy band, but they're a little bit bad boys. They're, they're a, kind of punk punky. They're very bad. I think they might be sort of Green Day. Oh, see, I don't know because Robert and they also they also have, all have like kind of weird names. Yeah, so their names are Skylo. Yeah, Skylo is the singer of "You for Me." It's 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 a U as in the the letter U. 
or a Greek upsilon. Uh, and then it's the number four, right. and then the word me. You for me. Um, that last E is lowercase. Everything else is uppercase. You for me. There's lead you singer is Skylo. His real name right. is Aristotle Ducas, which sounds, um, yeah, it sounds scatological. <laughs> Ducas. Okay. Well, I feel like I covered it with it sounds scatological, which is a professional way of saying what you're saying, which is just... You can't stop laughing. <laughs> Ducas. Yeah, Aristotle Ducas. But D- Aristotle yeah. is cool. Skylo. Skylo. I think maybe Green Day is our closest analog. See, I don't know. I don't know. Um, or UB40. Who all had a hit song in probably the mid-90s. When you say that, is his name Billy Joe? from Not Billy Joel. No, from Armstrong. Green Day. Billy Joel Armstrong. No, from, oh, name. okay. Billy Joel Armstrong. Is he, would you say that he is on a hunkiness scale of one Bowser to 10 turbo hunk? He rates about a 15? No, I'd say he's probably like a seven. Like I think a, he's like a handsome man, but he's not like a heartthrob. I think he's like a six or seven from Bowser to turbo hunk, right? No. I think the lead singer of um, UB40. See, I think it's, it, no, it's not UB40. He's probably a turbo hunk. Though UB40 do sing a song about sneaking wine into a concert. No, but that song came out in like the 80s in in like 90, the mid 90s. That is literally a, a song, song about having wine confiscated from you at a concert. Red, red wine, come red, back to me. Red wine, no, I didn't say sing it. Come back to me. They had a song. They had a huge song in the mid 90s. Yeah, it was remember? that. No, it wasn't. That yes, was in the 80s. Yes, it fucking was. And it they was had in one the early called- 90s. No, you fucking idiot. You're I'm, such a cat. You're such a UB40 casual. I'm not. And it's also They had a song a in cover. the mid 90s called It was a cover. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, don't get me fucking started. <laughs> of course it was a cover. Neil Diamond came up th- invented the song Red Red Wine, okay? <laughs> okay? And when he performs it at his live shows, I which I have been to several times. <laughs> Why? You're when telling he's me singing would, Red would, Red Wine. Would he your says friend Neil end, go to those shows? Would I go to those shows? You're, and you're when the cool Neil adult? Diamond is singing Red Red Wine, I go with my mom. When <laughs> Neil Diamond is singing Red Red Wine, he at the hang end on, says, hang on, hang on with UB40, we be number one. Let me say something before you finish. You Just a few minutes ago, you said, out of the two of us, isn't it interesting that <laughs> I used to be like a cool cigarette-smoking teen yeah. And have grown up into a nerd. And you used to be like a little bit nerdy, but have somehow found your footing and are some apparently rat. And then yeah. in the same breath, essentially, you're telling a story about the Neil Diamond concert you went to with your mom. Concerts. <laughs> and when Neil Diamond sings Red Red Wine, at the end, he does a little bit of a reggae breakdown. And he says, Red Red Wine, with you be 40, we be number one. Do, 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 do. Red, red, wine. Wait, is that so, IP Freely? No. In 1993, UB40 had a hit song on the soundtrack to maybe Ghost. We got to get back on topic, man. Called I Can't Help Falling in Love with. That's Reggae an Elvis Fusion song. It's an Elvis song. Yeah, it was an hey. Elvis song originally. They're mostly known for doing mm. white reggae covers of old songs. <laughs> yeah. Back to the text. 
This is the text. No, this is. So we've so we've gotten to the happen. bottom of it. It's either Green Day or UB40. Good. Um, I think it's a boy Before band. Me. I think it's a boy band because Robert Brewster, um, Stacy's boyfriend, Brew Doggy. Sorry, Brew Doggy, and like the other dudes when they talk about. Sorry, it, it's on the soundtrack for the movie Sliver. Oh, that's a good one. Oh God, you got me off topic with Sliver. That's actually a weirdly good movie. Um, <laughs> Brew Doggy and his friends, like they have, they meet up at the pizza parlor, and Brew Doggy and his friends are like, uh, fuck you for me. We hate them. And all the girls are like, we love them. And they're like, we love stabbing westward. 1995. I don't know. Whatever shit. Silver chair. Yeah. We love uh, smashing stained melancholy and infinite sadness without an E. Um, Green Day's Kerplunk. Yeah. So it's not. So I think it's a boy band. But anyway, you for me is important, and they have this. You know what it sounds like? It called, sounds like the current day band, Five Seconds of Summer, who were a little bit punk, but mostly a boy band, and it's like a ninety percent female audience. Is that the same as Thirty Seconds to Mars? No, that's Jared Leto's band. Um, my so-called life. That's a TV show. Jared Leto's in it. Okay. <laughs> It's not a it's not a band though. Okay, fine. I'm just just doing my best here. Suicide Squad. <laughs> Bad movie. Um listen, I want to talk to you about this book. Yeah. Okay, so we talked about you for me. They've got this guy called Skylo. His real name is Aristotle Ducas. Um let's not laugh about it. On a huckiness scale of one Bowser to ten. Bowser, is that the Mario Brothers character? The the dinosaur? No, because it's not it's not um It's not capitalized. It's not- Okay. It's not a proper noun. On a hunkiness scale of one, Bowser to ten, Turbo Hunk, he rates about a 15. Then there's another You For Me singer. This is the thing. This is why I think it's a boy band. There's another You For Me singer called Ran Phillips. What band has two singers? Boy bands. Um, Fleetwood Mac. Okay. And Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> so it's, But it's not Fleetwood Mac. And their hit single is I Don't Want To Say Goodbye. Uh, and the lyrics to that single, Baby Nation. Oh God! I no, I know who it is now. Okay, you for me. Yeah. Noun number noun. Okay. Pronoun number pronoun. Song about how it's so hard to, to say, say goodbye, goodbye to yesterday. BSC classic favorite. Yeah. Boys to men. Oh, beautiful. Don't you think? Yeah, Boys to Men. And we know that Anne loves the Boys to Men because she dedicated a book to the boys. What are their names? Do they have weird names like Skylo Aristotle? Um, I don't think so, but I would love to not Google it. Too late. Nathan Morris, Mark Nelson, George Baldy. Uh, apart from the fact that Baldy is kind of a funny last name, <laughs> uh, that that was why I didn't want to Google it because I thought I thought, you know what's going to happen? We're going to Google it, and then it's just going to be man's names. <laughs> and then that's where we'll be, and that's where we are. Okay, um, so you for me seems to be some hybrid of UB40, <laughs> Green Day, Five Seconds of Summer, and Boys Two Men. And Stabbing Westward. Um, <laughs> let's see. Oh, shit. What do I want to talk about? I had some shit I wanted to talk about. With you. Oh, I know what I want to talk about. I know what I want to talk about. I got something. Okay, fine. I have to pee so bad and I have to grab a beer. Okay, fine. We have so much to get into, Tanner. We are a long way into this recording and <laughs> <laughs> and there's so much more of this book to talk about. Let's get a quick beer and then let's get back into it. Maybe we need to make this a two-part episode. Goodbye. Bye. While we were away, I figured out who 
U for me is. Okay. They are absolutely Guns N' Roses. Wait, really? Don't you think? Mid-90s, sort of grungy, sort of punky, sort of edgy. I don't know, man. Goodbye Forever is definitely November Rain. But it's Axel is the only singer in any serious way. And if you're Robert, you're not you're gonna like Guns N' Roses. You're not gonna fucking push back on that. It's a hybrid of Green Day, UB forty, Guns N' Roses, and Boys to Men. Okay, fine. That sounds like a fucking per like literally the perfect music. <laughs> if we can get some kind of uh traveling Wilburys sort of situation happening where oh my it's God. performers from those four groups. Oh my god. All working together. We would have world And peace. they can just do they can just do it's all <laughs> right. Da, 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 da. They can just <laughs> sing that song. I don't care. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, no, it sounds beautiful, and I understand why Stacy and her six new oh, friends. Oh, and Phil Collins. You can't just throw Phil Collins in there. Well, because take a look at me now. That's just something you want to sing. Maybe on the drums, though. It's just Yeah, he'll be the drummer. Yeah. Um, hey, listen, let's talk about this book. It's a great, November great, Rain great... has good drums. <sighs> yeah. Um, it's a good song, man. My recommendation this week, Baby Nation, this is Tanner's pick is November Rain by Guns N' Roses. My recommendation this week, it's Jack's pick, is Patience by Guns N' Roses. Wow. Two for Tuesday with Guns yeah. N' Roses this week, <laughs> baby nation. I've been walking the streets at night. No, it's a good song. Guns yeah. N' Roses, what a good band. Um, they're good, Spotify right but now. that's not, no, 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 Abs- that's not what we're here for. You know oh. what we're here for? I'm going to dive right into something, Tanner, that will chill you to the very bone. This is a scene when Stacy, troubled by presumably her guilt at leaving behind the, the only friend she's ever known, the only friends who have ever supported her, the Babysitter's Club, and instead embracing this band of rogues, these monsters, these six crazy bad girls, club. bad girls who shoplift and do crimes and do bad things she's trying to get to sleep which good luck stacy trying to sleep at night with that with on your conscience demons screaming in your ears here's what she says tanner well talk about insomnia i tried counting sheep but gave up when i reached 1137 I want to tell you a few things that happened in the year 1137 and a few things that have resonance with the number 1137. And I would like for you to tell me whether you notice any patterns. In Song Dynasty, China, a fire breaks out in the new capital of Hangzhou. Hangzhou, yeah, of course. Everyone knows that. Here's another thing that happened in 1137, Tanner. Rochester Cathedral in England is severely damaged by a fire. Here's another thing, Tanner, that happened in 1137. A A great fire is said to have ravaged the city of York. Here's another thing that is significant about- They didn't have fire departments. That's not that significant. They didn't have fire departments back then. Fires just like killed everybody's back then. Tanner, that is significant about the number 1137. The Chinese calendar for 1137 that's the year of the fire dragon. And finally, and I'm pretty sure this doesn't add up, but I should mention it. Um, 
1137 is also the ID number of a clone trooper who served the Galactic Republic during the Clone Wars. Which clone trooper? 1137. Well, how was he significant? I don't know, man. It's uh, it's. I'm gonna have to Google it. Tell no, me who no, he is. that's the one. That's the one that I think is not significant. Clone. I mean, it's significant to me. Clone trooper, because <laughs> no. they're all identical. Jack. No, okay, I'll me. I'll tell you. All of the th- other things are about fire. One one three seven. The other things that I said are about fire. I shouldn't have brought Shut up, up the clone. Shut <laughs> up. You're being you're being irrational right now. I'm not being irrational. <laughs> Baby Nation, these books end in fire. Assigned to assist Jedi General Anakin Skywalker and Jedi Commander Ashoka Tano track down R2-D2 who had gone missing. Huh. Hmm. Very interesting. You know what's not interesting? 1137 and 1139, his brother, were pretty big players in the Clone Wars. So you think that's that's the one that I should have... really honed in on and not the many references to 1137 throughout history and literature and culture Do you know the other that thing about one, symbolize one, three, seven? fire, which is what these books end in, the fire at Marianne's If it house. was 1337, it would be Leet. Yeah, I know. I already thought about that. Okay. I've got a good segue here. Baby Nation, I feel like I hit my point. These books end in fire. 1137 is associated with fire. Tanner... There is another thing I would like to talk with you about today, and it is pertinent to what's going on in this very moment. Stacy did us a fucking favor this week and listed the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight qualities that are required for being a friend. Tanner. I feel like we've been through this before. Are we repeating ourselves now? Uh, I'm not repeating myself. Stacy has a new set of qualities that are required for being a friend. I'm going to tell you the eight qualities of being a friend, according to Stacy, who needed to list them out because she had some bad friends who stole from her, some bad friends who made her get arrested at a fucking concert for you for me by bringing alcohol in, and some bad friends who failed to be the part of her life that she needed out of good friends and that was missing from the BSC and that she realized was missing. Here are the eight qualities that she listed, Tanner. Jack, you're such a fool. What? How could you miss this? What? How could you miss something so fucking obvious? What? Gene ID 1137. Official name Cholinogenic Receptor Nicotenic Alpha 4 Subunit. This okay. gene encodes a nicotonic acolytosine receptor, which belongs to a superfamily of ligand-gated ion channels that play a role in fast signal transmission at synapses. What a fool you are. And that's what I missed. That's what you missed. Do you want to talk about the eight rules of friendship? Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to talk about it? SCP-1137, oh, the SCP Foundation. Let me talk to the listeners. Baby Nation. Special containment procedures. SPC-1137 is held in a special locked box in item storage locker 8A at site 19. Level 3 clearance is required for access to SCP-1137. It requires no extraordinary physical measures to contain it. SCP-1137 is a blue 
glass sphere approximately 10 centimeters in diameter to ordinary observers it does not appear to have any special qualities nor does it pose any risk it is possible to take measurement of its material composition weight opacity hardness and any other physical properties of the sphere however its anomalous properties take effect if any attempt is made to measure the sphere's curvature or smoothness or any other properties related to its spherical nature might somebody observing that blue glass sphere who is not great with colors have been misinterpreting a purple glass orb, Tanner? It's possible. Blue and purple are, are but shades apart. Once infected, the subject will become obsessed with the fact that although all measurements indicate that SCP-1137 is a perfect sphere, it is physically impossible for this to be the case. This paradox will become deeply ingrained in the subject's mind. The subject will attempt to disprove this inconsistency, resorting to more and more accurate tools. Researchers have been recorded utilizing equipment, including the on-site electron microscope in these endeavors. Baby Nation, do not li- do not have listened to what Tanner just said, because if you have listened to it, you will become obsessed. I should clarify that this is from the SCP Foundation, scp-wiki.net. Nerds of the internet will know that to be the secure, contain, and protect subclass of of internet fiction. Baby bees, new baby bees. I'm not going to tell you about sentient purple orbs. Just get on the get on the fucking what is it? Black sites. SCP Foundation. Just Google SCP Foundation. Tanner, Look these up are SCP one one three seven. Tanner, these are the eight qualities of a good friend, as written down by Stacy Anastasia. Who's not a good friend. We should clarify now. She's a bad friend. Anastasia. Take take all this with a grain of salt. McGill. Number one. Smart. Okay. I feel like I'm passing that test. Yeah, me too. So, number two. Funny. Okay, well, I'm I'm that. Okay, same. Okay. Cool. We both have clarified this episode how we have been cool at certain points in our lives. I'm still cool, I would say. Uh, Fabulous dresser. Mm, pass on both of us. <laughs> Someone who likes to shop. Mm, pass on both of us. A good listener. Pass. <laughs> Not pass on me. Pass on you. Someone who makes me feel good. Do you mean like no? Physically? I don't. No, I don't mean like physically. I mean like just in general. When you think about the person, you have positive. Feel feelings. good. Feel good. And here's a, a final one. Someone no, that wasn't eight. That wasn't eight. <laughs> smart, funny, cool, fabulous dresser, someone who likes to shop, good listener, someone who makes me feel good. That's seven. And number eight, someone I enjoy making happy. And here's the test, Tanner. Yeah. And I hope it will come as no surprise to you. I am testing these qualities against our friendship. Can we talk about another scary coincidence from this book please i don't even know if i want to call it a coincidence because at this point i'm not even sure these are coincidences yeah it there it's never a fucking goddamn fucking coincidence with Anne. it's all in the text it's all in the goddamn text yeah please let's talk more mom i exclaimed listen can you please go to the kids department and see if they have face painting kits i'll yeah. pay you back Mm-hmm. sure mom wasn't gone long she managed to find exactly what i needed the face painting was a huge hit. Jerome became a vampire, and the twins were transformed into bees. What? Why? Why bees? Why did you choose bees? 
Don't ask me. It was their suggestion. The others were an assortment of monsters and animals. Yes, obviously, I picked up on that as well, Tanner. It's all in the. It's all in the, it's all in the fucking text. New baby bees. If you are a new listener, we are not at this juncture going to tell you why you are called baby bees. Just go back and listen, you fucking freeloaders. Nor are we going to explain in detail why these books or why it is clear that these books are all about bees, baby bees. But it's all in the fucking text, and boy, oh boy, was it again in the text today. My only question for you, Tanner, about this passage, given that these books are about bees, if you were reading these books as a bee, how would that translate? If I'm reading these books as a bee, so think about it. These these bees, so they're all bees, right? They're bees. They're bees. They're in the hive, and some of the bees from the hive go to a a bee face painting place in the mall, where Mm. where bee Stacy McGill is painting the face. Think about this from our human perspective. Yeah, you go to a face painting place, and a child gets a man's face. Face painted onto its face. Yeah. So it could probably go and buy alcohol illegally, (laughs) which ties into the major themes of this book. Yeah, definitely. Right? Yeah. I think that's what we're dealing with. That's what's what's happening. Paint me to look like a a man. A a real bee. A real bee. Okay. So that I may go and purchase alcohol. Yeah. You know, there there was a whole bee plot in this book. A bee plot? That we didn't even get to. <laughs> uh, yeah, it wasn't very good. No, 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 no. Which is Amy. Yeah, Amy. Amy Porter. Baby Nation, let, I, I'm going to talk about the B-plot, but I, I feel like I would be doing a disservice to the Baby Nation if we be didn't. doing a disservice? No, nah, nah, I... You're okay, reaching. You just did it with B-plot. But you're reaching. I would be... B. Doing a disservice... It's the b- baby. Should we just scrap this one? Should we just you want to describe that it episode? To the <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would be doing a disservice to the baby nation if I didn't talk about this. Stacy falls in with some fucking bad girls. They go to a U for Me concert. The bad girls are using Stacy. They all sneak. We've been, we've been over this. We can't. We can't keep. We can't. We can't just go over this again, Jack. It's. I want to go into you need detail to keep about me it. Sane. I want to go into detail about it instead You're of singing UB40. Listen, they fucking sneak alcohol into the show. They yeah. sneak booze into the red, show. Red wine. They sneak wine in and they put it in Stacy's sweater without telling her. Right, and then they and then they try to get her in trouble. When oh, they're crime girls, Tanner. That's what I want to talk about. They're oh, fucking crime so girls. Naughty. They're the naughtiest thing. And Stacy too. Stacy's a crime girl too. Sure, she doesn't drink alcohol, but it's just because she has diabetes. She would. She fucking she would. would. If she could. They're smoke passing a fucking cigarette around. They're crime girls. I went to a concert recently. You did a crime, sir. Yeah. Okay. You want to talk about it? Nope. I want to elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know that your mom listens to this podcast. <laughs> so do the authorities. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah the scholastic lawyers are waiting for us to slip up just once <laughs> just one time and they'll I, put um, us away just like stacy and her crime girls the rest of baby nation we I cheated on my taxes you cheated on your taxes at the concert <laughs> at the chance of rapper yeah. concert <laughs> yeah 
Cheddar, Baby Nation, look, let's I just get it out. I some friends, and, and, my, and some of the friends smuggled in some illegal taxes, <laughs> and we cheated on our taxes while we were there. <laughs> oh, boy. I hope Chancellor Rafford doesn't find out. He'll be so disappointed. Yeah. I hope so, too. Baby Nation, we're all friends here. Please don't report Tanner. He went to a Chance of Rapper <laughs> concert, and he cheated on his taxes while he was there. <laughs> the alternative minimum tax. That's what <sighs> you every just time, lied huh? about it. Ugh. Yeah. Brutal. Tanner. 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 Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know what? Why we can't? Because we haven't talked about this book at all. And also, oh my god, we've been recording for so long. I well, this is gonna. Hey, Baby Nation, I guess you already know this. One. You already know this because it's in your feed. This is gonna be a little bit longer than the normal episode <laughs> because Jack is incapable of keeping me on task when I am loopy with Jack. <laughs> I'm trying so hard, Baby Nation. Please think back on this episode and think about who has done what. Maybe Tanner's your favorite. That's fine. Whatever. I sang so many That's good fucking, songs for you. Hey, that's fine if Tanner's your favorite. I don't hold it against you. But if it weren't for me, we'd still be talking about UB40. You know what's funny, Jack? What? Sweet Toots McGill. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what Robert calls Stacy. That's what they call Stacy. Um, Sweet Toots McGill. You know what else is funny, Tanner? Yeah. This week's <gasps> Which we normally talk about earlier in the episode. No, we don't. It's always the last thing we talk about. What are you talking about? Well, normally we talk about it 20 minutes ago. Uh, Tanner, did you have one? I had one. All right, tell me. Yeah, yeah. Do you want me to do mine? Yeah, I want you to do yours. I ran to the door, pulled it open, and came face to face with the speckled beast of Stony Brook. Very spooky imagery. Mm -hmm. Boo, said Robert. Sorry. Boo said brew doggy <laughs> his face and hair were covered with dried spatters of white paint his t-shirt and shorts were smeared i don't even want to describe the grossness of his sneakers he's got paint on he... him because he's painting somebody's house as his summer job yeah ew cried sheila robert brewster couldn't you change first sorry robert replied my boss had to leave early so he gave me a ride i figured i'd stop over and say hi but hey if you want me to go he started to turn and i pulled him back no it's okay don't listen to them as robert walked in i grabbed the newspaper from an end table and spread it over the sofa uh it's dry stace robert said just in case i replied Stacy, you are so middle class, <laughs> Mia replied with a snort. <laughs> Your bird of the week is Stacy's friend Mia calling her middle class. <laughs> it's, it's, such a, it's such a brutal burn. Like, if someone called me middle class, I would be like... <laughs> I would be so offended for like no reason because it's like I am squarely middle class. <laughs> it's just like, like Mia pegged Stacy so hard. Yeah, what She's is like, it? You were yeah. so middle class. <laughs> like I'm sure Stacy felt to put it in the in the in terms that teens would understand. I'm sure Stacy felt so seen at that moment. Yeah, rank, rank. That's something that Robert said again in this book, and I still don't he understand. Never stop saying it. I don't get what it means. Only Robert says it. I think it may be a like a Tourette's thing at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jack, tell me your burn of the week. Um, after Stacy and these crime crime girls, these crime women, 
that she's started to associate with do their crimes. Hmm. Do you want to you want to say that in a less yawny way? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they do their crimes. They're taken back. Mia they and cheat, Sheila cheat on their taxes. Mia and Sheila and Stacy and Andy. I think Andy was out, but whatever. These no, girls. Andy's a cool. Andy's Andy's, Andy's sort cool. of the she's the she's the way in. She's Andy is a friend of Roberts who knows these bad girls right. who latch on to Stacy. Um, but she's not actually directly involved with any of this. Anyway, they're crime girls and they commit crimes and they're taken back at the U4Me concert. Presumably while you for me is singing, I don't want to say goodbye. Um, I don't want to say. The lyrics to that. Say goodbye. The lyrics to that are interesting. The lyrics to that are, I don't want to say goodbye, so I'll turn back. No, it's not Boyz II Men. I don't want to say goodbye, so I'll turn back and say, never come back into my life. That's a mouthful. I don't really, yeah, I'm having a hard time figuring out what the, and it's, the cadence of that would be. It's quite a thing to say to someone. Do you want to, should we do it, should we role play it? <laughs> yep. All right, so I, I want you to be the person who uh, does want to say goodbye. Okay. What's your name? My name is Skylo <laughs> Amadeus. I'm going to be the person who doesn't want. Pooter, or whatever his name is. I'm going to be the person who doesn't want to say goodbye. Okay. So it's so the guy from Boys to Men. Uh, my name is. Um, it's like Marcus Johnson, <laughs> Julian, jo- uh, Eric Jones. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm in. I'm in character. Okay, so you know who you are, right? Mm. You don't want to yeah. say goodbye. Wait, you don't want to say goodbye, right? Um, n- no, I would prefer <laughs> not to say goodbye. Wait, no, you do want to say goodbye. I would love <laughs> Eric. <laughs> Uh, Skylo. Hey, uh, so you do want to say goodbye? I don't. I'm gonna take. I off. just want to. Um, I just really <laughs> wanted to. I just. I wanted to find you, and I just wanted to say real quick. Oh wait, well, hang on, hang on a second. Um, because it's been. Uh, uh, sorry. Um, it's oh, uh. Dang. Sorry, it's been. Uh, it's been great hanging out. No, we always go low. Let's go high this time. Uh, sorry. Hey. Okay. Um. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eric. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I was gonna take off, and I just thought. <laughs> oh wait! Oh, don't, uh, don't leave. Let's not go yet. high. Let's go. Let's just do. <sighs> what can we do? What can we do? We want to bring some middle. Bring let's do middle. New energy. <laughs> let's. I'm fine with normal tone of voice, but let's bring the interesting energy to it, right? Mm. Okay. What about a, uh, like a? I was told today, just earlier today. Yeah. My sister-in-law said that the three most recognizable accents are New York, Boston, Deep South. Okay. You go Boston, I'll go Deep South. I don't know Boston, but I'll try it. You're going to do your best, though, huh? Where'd you park the car? Okay, good. So I'm I'm ready to say goodbye. You don't want to say goodbye. Okay. My name is Skylo. <laughs> my, name- my name's Eric from Boston. Eric. Uh, yeah, Skylo. Uh, I tell What's you up? what, I was gonna, I was gonna take off. Oh, can I cut you? Can I cut you off? Can I cut you off there? Uh, uh, what's your name? Skylo. Skylo. Can I cut yeah. you off there, Skylo? Uh, yeah, let's man. keep what's hanging up? out in this car park. Oh, I was, I was actually gonna take off if that's okay with you. I was thinking that we could st- uh, just stay in the car park together. Together. I don't, Eric. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Uh, what's your end game here? Are you saying you like are you saying you want to you saying you want to be with me? No, I just want to keep hanging out. 
Is this a is this a, an Eminem stand kind of situation? <laughs> oh no, absolutely not. No, I just <laughs> uh, I just like this copac a lot, and I don't want to say goodbye. Um, but uh, I'll tell you what: if you don't want to say goodbye, I could turn to you and say, "Never come back into my life, Skylo." No, 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 never come back into my life. I kind of lost track of where we are in the show. <laughs> Is this your burn of the week? <laughs> Never come back into my life. Uh-huh. Those are the lyrics to the You For Me song. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't want to say goodbye. Never uh-huh. come back into my life. Anyway, the girls. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 what, Jack? What was the exercise there, buddy? What were we doing? I just wanted to I wanted to kind of dig into the lyrics of this song. <laughs> I have been Tanner Greenring. <laughs> no, I want to tell you my burn. <laughs> there is singing the you for me is singing I don't want to say goodbye with these weird lyrics. I don't want to say goodbye. I just want to turn around and say never come back into my life. Which I feel like we enacted fairly well in this scene in the car park. Don't you think, Tanner? I guess so. The, the boys are singing this song. The girls are arrested in this moment for bringing wine. They red, all go back. Wine. They bring red, red wine to the You For Me concert. Wrong concert. Would have been <laughs> fine at the UB40 concert. Huge <laughs> fucking disaster at the You For Me concert. Or Neil Diamond. <laughs> They're back. All of the parents are called by this woman Guess called. Guess back? Back again. Stacy's back. <laughs> Jack, we have to go. We have I to go. I want to do my burn and then let's go. Let me uh, just do the burn and then let's go. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Stacy and the girls are taken back by the security officer called Mrs. Breen, uh, including all of the girls, Mia Pappas, Sheila, whatever, Stacy McGill. I don't know how long we waited, says Stacy. I couldn't look at a clock because my eyes were glued to the floor. None of us spoke. Mr. and Mrs. Pappas were the first to arrive. You should have seen the looks on their faces. If I had been Mia, I would have preferred staying in the security office to going home. We're letting them go with a warning this time, said Mrs. Breen. Are you okay with that as a character choice for Mrs. Breen, yeah. the security person? I like it. Yeah. You like it? Yeah, I like it. Mr. and Mrs. Pappas were the first to arrive. You should have seen the looks on their faces. If I had been me, I would have preferred staying in the security office. We're letting them go with a warning this time, said Miss Breen. If they're caught again, the police will be notified. You're being too generous. Mia didn't even look up as she left. That's your burn. Let me, Tanner, I know you didn't. No, 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 no. I've been Tanner Green, right? No, listen to me. I know you didn't react the way that. I would have liked to this burn of the week. Very bad. Burn. Oh, okay. Okay, Tanner. It's a bad burn that a fucking father of a daughter. Papas means French fries. In, uh, a father of a daughter goes to pick her up at a concert and they say that she they're going to let her go. And the father says she should be put in jail to rot for the rest of her life. <laughs> he didn't say that, but yeah. That's what he's implying. Taken. Yeah. You think that's okay? Hey, Tanner, you know what's different about you and me these days? I'm a father now. I would never, I would never 
pick up my child at a rock concert where he had been arrested and suggest that he should, instead of going home with me, go to jail. I one time went to a real big fish show and lost a shoe. <laughs> Bird of the week on you. You went to a real big fish show. Hey, Tanner, let's get the fuck out of here. I lost a shoe in the cra- in the in the pit, and then uh, someone stomped on my. <laughs> head. I also lost a toenail, so I lost two big things that night. Your dignity and the toenail shoe and a toenail. <laughs> <laughs> you lost your dignity the moment you bought a real big fish ticket. <laughs> hey, real big fish is cool. <laughs> Dinner, please. Can we go? Please leave. Can I just bring up one last please. thing and then we're done? Yeah. Here. Do you want to talk about bats, man? I want to talk about two things. Okay. Because Robert fucking tells this weird story about bats. The bats. The bats are here. The bats. They bring up bats, and it's like everyone's just confronting their fears. There's a lot of weird stuff with like parental abandonment in this one, which I imagine is Pete's thing. And there's a lot of stuff in here about which bats. we know is Anne's, Anne's thing. thing. Yeah. So let's not get into that. Just let's it's noted. Okay. Let's move on. Yeah. I want to bring up two things. Okay. One is that we're validated. Okay. In this book. Yeah. You and Uncle I. Daddy and Tanner. The BSC secretary is Marianne Spear. Her last name rhymes with cheer. Yeah. Not crier. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Marianne Spear, Baby Nation. Get off our fucking get off my case. Asses. Get off my fucking case, Baby Nation. We love you and we kiss you, but do not dare to question me with my pronunciation of Marianne Spear as Spear rhyming with cheer, not crier, not spire. Number two, Jack, Sweet Pete tried to sneak in a very special episode in the middle of this book. <laughs> Did you notice it? What, this like neglected child? Sonny Winslow's mom is dying uh, of cancer. Yeah, Baby Nation, Sonny Winslow's mom is dying of cancer. And I think it's something worth keeping an eye on. Dawn gets a call from Sonny Winslow halfway through this book. Her mom has lung cancer because she smoked as a youth. Yeah. And Dawn desperately wants to go back to California to be with her friend Sonny. And she and the fucking tragedy of it is that she can't because we need the seven babysitters. And Anne wouldn't take Dawn away from us again so soon. No, and we, I mean, we were already down one babysitter, but, but by the end of this book... I oh, by the end of this, by the end of this, to book, say this, baby nation. Yeah. Guess who's back? Back again. Stacy's back. Yeah. Tell a friend. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. It just leaves me with such a bad taste in my mouth. Stacy McGill's back in the babysitters club. Stacy's back. Dawn <sighs> uh, is troubled by bad news back home. The don't say home. Not back home in Cali. Back in Cali. Back in Palo City. The seven are no longer one, by which I mean that the seven friends of Stacy, Stacy, Robert, Andy, Sheila, Heather, Mia, and Jackie, uh-huh. have been disbanded. But the real seven, the seven babysitters, for the first time in a long time, are back together. And that baby nation is where we're going to leave you tonight. Stacy's back. Baby nation. So we've come. Yep. To the end, the end of the road. Of the road that's the thing that's happened that's who i've been that's who you've been baby nation please take a moment if you can to go on itunes and add to the wonderful reviews and ratings that have been given to us by other members of the baby nation we appreciate them greatly we like to read them we like to look at them and also it helps our podcast to be discovered by people who may not know about it tanner you want to tell people to tell a friend 
Or are you just going to let me sit back and do this? Tell a friend, Baby Nation. Okay. He did a great job. I think he did a great job. Tell them I'm the only one. Mm-hmm. Tell them there's no other one. Okay. Jesus was an only son. That's it? That's it for you. Smashing Pumpkin song. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Baby Nation, this week, we read a book that was called Stacy and the Bad Girls. Next week, we're going to be reading a book called Farewell Dawn. Huh. That doesn't sound right. Maybe it's Farewell Dong? Yeah. Are you sure it doesn't say farewell dong? I've ri- Maybe it's like Ernest Hemingway's farewell to arms. Yeah, it could be like farewell Is to arms. Is that the one where someone's dong gets shot? <laughs> no, uh, farewell dong is actually the sun also rises. <laughs> <laughs> Both by Ernest Hemingway, yeah, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I think farewell dong was the working title for the sun also rises. <laughs> then- there's no way that the sun also rises is the book in which a man's penis. No, gets it shot specifically off. is. That's why he's good at what he does. The sun rises, but you know what doesn't? <laughs> that's true. That's real. That's the thing. Hey, that's why wouldn't the farewell to arms be the one where his penis <laughs> gets shot off? Why wouldn't it be called farewell dong? <laughs> farewell to dong. <laughs> let's Ernest Hemingway. Let's not be so fucking cryptic. We know what your book is about. Let's. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Why not just call it Farewell Dong? Yeah, just Ernest Hemingway. Just call it Farewell Dong. Just call it Farewell Dong, Ernest. Well, anyway, it's going to be a, a heavily Hemingway influenced book. Yeah, called f- next Farewell week. either Dawn or Dong. I think Farewell Dawn. This week, are you sure the sun also rises? Is one yeah, of guys, yeah, I know what off? I'm talking about. It shot He's, off. I fucking... I've read both of them, but they all kind of mash now. And and he feeds it to a big tuna. <laughs> no, no, that's the old man in the sea, and there's not a penis in it. <laughs> <laughs> I seem to remember his penis gets shot off, and he feeds it to a no, tuna. You're putting too much of Hemingway together, and you're ruining his legacy. And we must get the fuck out of here. I feel like you need to get some sleep. Baby Nation, this week I have been Jack Shepard. And Baby Nation, this week I have been Babysitter's Club expert number 56, Tanner Greenring. <laughs> please, please, please round off the corners in your bedroom. Drown all your dolls. Call your senator and demand your right to bear time. And don't forget to let daddy love you as much as I do. If you are a sovereign citizen, you're not being detained and you are free to go because Claudia's wearing a bra now. The way she talks, you would think the boys had just been invented. Resolution one, <laughs> three, seven. I'll tell you why she adopted, listed the- Adopted by the Security Council at its 3,831st meeting on the 12th of November, 1997. May I read you the abstract on this? Must you read me the abstract? It's about the conflict between... Ooh, this is juicy, Jack. <laughs> no, it like this. It's about the situation between Iraq and Kuwait. Uh, Maybe a little heady for you, huh? Well, I, I, 
It would have been fine almost with the Clone War stuff. I just, I'm digging, I'm digging here, man. I'm digging for something. I already dug. American Airlines Flight One One Three. Okay. Seven. Okay. Miami, Florida, Fun. Florida, Jack, to yeah. Bogota, Colombia. Okay. That's something. That was a headgum podcast.